Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Love good Deadwood sighting, don't you? I ain't never watched Deadwood. Oh, I won't be the only one to tell you it's probably the best writing that there ever was on television. I've heard it's good. Yeah. I just, I'm not... A lot of big egos, too, running that show. That's why it couldn't go on. (laughs) Way it goes. But it's nice to see uh, a live Carradine doing his thing. Yeah. Well, and and you mentioned Deadwood, but this episode was very much a western. Really was. This was a this was a very modern set, but very old school western. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is Apocalypse Now, and I am Timothy Harvey, and I'm Dustin, and I'm Curtis, and we are making our way through the Fear the Walking Dead catalog. Coming to the final episodes of this season, there is only three more episodes after this one, and the next one is provocatively called Mother, the trailer for which has Alicia saying, is it you? Which is so blatant a tease that they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be. And then they show a walker attacking somebody with a beanie hat down to their eyes. And then a mask up to their eyes. So you can't see their face. Yeah. It's, and it was just and that that alone, the fact that those two things alone were in the preview made me think it's not it's not it's not Madison. <clears throat> they don't love us. Oh. They want us to suffer. Dustin, we've known that for a long time. This is not news for the Fear of the Walking Dead audience. They've been hating us for a long, long time. Yeah. Anyway, um, we got we got uh, things we didn't need to know tonight, or need answer questions we didn't need answering. <laughs> but I think that we got got them in a in a way that that allowed to us to have some closure mm-hmm. uh, on poor John Dory, who was too good for this world and was a sweet baby angel. Uh, and needed to be protected and was not. And, uh, and well, yeah, because we we didn't necessarily have a pressing need to see John Dory's father. The story of John Dory's father was enough, right? On the other hand, this was not bad. I have no no, no about I, John Dory's father showing up. No, especially considering the the important pertinent information he gave us. Uh, uh, like what I meant when I said we got a lot of information we didn't need, it was the kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't need the guy to try and justify abandoning his family. I don't, I don't need Sherry to, to try and figure out what closure is. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, really, everything about this episode was all about getting to the funeral. And having that monologue at the end. Everything else in this episode, although rather enjoyable in my opinion, I really like the strong scene work at the very beginning between Morgan and uh, June. That was a hell of a good scene. And uh, right off the bat. And then it just got, I mean, when, oh, what's his name? The guy with the burns. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, God, it just flew away. Dwight. 
Dwight. Dwight and his lady friend had some scenes that I did not care at all about. And, right. uh, yeah. Lots of, <laughs> what do you call it? Qu- answers to questions we didn't even know we asked or what? Yeah. Answers we didn't answer, questions we didn't answer. I, I didn't mind the scenes between Dwight and Sherry, aside from the fact that they were interrupting the other scenes with. And honestly, for me, it was like, we don't need, like, we don't need somebody else obsessed with bringing Morgan, Negan to justice. We don't need that. Where is that, where is that fit into this, to this world, to fear the walking dead's world? Okay. But the way it plays out for me is she's not really going back to kill Negan. That might be what she says she's doing and that might be what she sets off to do. But she's running away. Right. She's She doesn't know how to deal with Dwight. She doesn't know how to deal with the choices she's made to get this point in her life. And so this is just a thing she has she's convinced herself that she's doing. Because traveling from Texas to Virginia to kill a guy you don't even know is still alive is, I mean... Takes a lot of effort. She's running away. Right. And, and they, they even talk about that to some degree that, that, you know, she's, she doesn't know who she, you know, she hasn't, she's lost track of who she is. And Dwight, by being who Dwight has become, makes her feel bad. It's very human, just like the opening scene with Morgan and June, where there is so much anger and it is all about pain. Morgan is hurting. And he's lashing out. This is very, this, these, this was an episode of very human behavior that rang true to how people actually act, which this show does not always get right. That is so true. Well, the, the whole point of those guys was, was Dwight talking her out of, out of going to see Negan. That was, that was nice of him to do that. Well, but the thing I, is, and hang on, I know you, I know you got an opinion here, but I noticed something about that last little scene between those two guys, as a, as an actor, because I've experienced this before. When you're given dialogue uh, in a scene that maybe doesn't really work for you, but you're still a professional, so you have to m- try to make it sound cool, but it ends up looking super awkward as a performer. That was that scene for Dwight today, tonight. Dwight had some issues making a connection with that dialogue tonight. I think it was the it was the least real thing I've ever seen him do. <laughs> and and um, I may be projecting that or something. Maybe I, but maybe I might be right on the money too. But that's what I felt that scene looked like. Anyway, what, can this. you give us me a specific example? Like, what do you mean? Oh, at the very like when. They're having their chat, and then the scene shifts so incredibly quickly into, we can start over. Oh, yeah. It, that was an, such an abrupt trans, uh, uh, transition from the moment before that, mm-hmm. that he had, to, he had to shoehorn that shit in there, and you could tell he, that the writing didn't support that. So he had to make it work, and it, it probably, he probably pulled a muscle. it was a little bit strained that that last moment there should have been a gap in between what i mean the line could have been exactly that line but there should have been a space in between when she stopped 
they got he, to the good point too late because they could have teased it earlier, had a conversation where he starts to bring her around and then, and then have a denouement to the scene, right? Or to that arc of the episode. That's not what they did. They were like, Oh, you know what? We should have them start over. Just write that down real quick. Say we can start over. And he'll just say that after all this other shit that they've been saying that isn't about that. If this is our biggest complaint about this episode, <laughs> it's not even a complaint. It's just something that I noticed. Didn't, I didn't mind it so much, but I felt bad for the actor for having to wrench that shit in there. <laughs> oh, and can we just say how happy we are that they didn't decide to make Dwight and Sherry ride around on horses till they died a uh-huh. whole episode on its own. Okay. Cause yep. they could have 100% done that. Yeah. And they I'm decided they not to. They're like, let's just put this in the B plot. <laughs> that's strategic right there. That's, that's saying, Hey, you remember that episode, a couple episodes you back that you hated? Sorry. We're not going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because really when you have an A plot with Dwight, it's with Al because mm-hmm. that's the buddy movie. That's the, you know, they're the, they do the buddy cop show The Dwight and Sherry are, it's, it's, it's lovely that they're going to try again. And I wish them nothing but the best. They've had a rough, rough run of things, but quite frankly, who cares? Sherry's a background character. Yeah. And then that's not, you know, in a, in a show with this many characters, that's not a hard thing to be, but you know, it's, it's a nice resolution, but it's a B plot. Yeah. It's Sherry and that girl with the cardigan. Hey, put that girl, the cardigan in the back of the scene. Maybe, <laughs> maybe give her a line, make it to where everybody is like, who is that? Do we know who that is? Well, you know, they're talking uh, about more walking dead spinoffs so they could get their own show. Mm. Girls in the background. It's a comedy about them like trying to figure out the love lives <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse. While the real store, like every once in a while, you just get glimpses of the real, like the, the dangerous, you know, zombie apocalypse, like drama. You get little glimpses of that in the background. <laughs> but for the most part, it's them like sitting around drinking iced coffee going, so did he call you back? No. Well, you know, he was a, a ranger with that Virginia lady. So he had to escape the people who were trying to kill all the rangers. Tonight on Walking Dead High School. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, <laughs> that we already have that show. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know we do. The world belong. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's all we really need to say about Dwight and Sherry, except they. They chase June around trying to find her uh, while they try and hash out whether or not uh, Sherry's a good enough person to be with Dwight. And Sherry was like flexing about the search, too. She was just like all, search. And Dwight's yeah. like, what you, calm, what's calm up? Down, crazy. <laughs> well, at least there was a certain amount of logic to how they were searching. I mean, they were following a vehicle, so they did follow the road as opposed to a lot of the walking dead universe where it's like we have to go look for them they're somewhere in the entire world let's go <laughs> this way 
It happens a lot in this in these shows. Oh god. Oh, man. Make that somebody who has that ability needs to make that a meme. You know, Rick, <laughs> Rick and Daryl and Carol Steady. We need to go find Phil the Blake. They're somewhere in the entire world. <laughs> oh, so good, Tim. I have my moment. Do not get past Oklahoma though, because then you're in fear walking dead. Yeah. <laughs> so um so June is really feeling bad because uh, Grace lost the baby. And that's what leads to the really good scene between her and Morgan. Because she wants to come in and check on Grace. But he's like, no, you can't come in here because I had literally just finished saying we're not going to kill people anymore. And you killed Virginia. Like, I hadn't even got the words out of my mouth. And oh, by the way... Isn't that exactly what John Dory wanted to live in a world where you didn't have to kill anymore? And June's like, I know I was bad. <laughs> and uh, he's like, so you can't come see my wife who just had a, a stillbirth. Can't come see her. So boo on you. Uh, and so June leaves in a huff and uh, she's like looking, she's trying to find more information about the people who are leaving the end is the beginning everywhere. And she's looking around and then Dwight pops up and he's like, me and Sherry came to be part of the B plot. <laughs> and she's like, I don't need you to be part of the B plot. And he's like, but John, and you and John taught me how to love again. And she's like, fine, be part of the B plot. And uh, about that time they start getting shot at by somebody and they're like, oh, no, we got to go go get that shot guy, that guy who shot at us. And it turns out that the guy who shot at us is uh, John Dory's father, who is played by the Carradine brother that didn't auto-erotically asphyxiate himself. Yep. And that's what we were referring to earlier with the Deadwood siding, because Deadwood siding. It is Keith Carradine and... He is, I was, you know, throughout this episode, he keeps favoring his hand and it's, it's having problems. And I kept waiting for it to be revealed that he'd been bit on his hand because you've got a Carradine on Fear of the Walking Dead, which means he's a, comes in and does an episode and then he leaves. <laughs> nope. I don't know. I mean, has there been a lot of like, have you seen a lot of like, we got Keith Carradine. He works a lot. He does he? He is does. a very busy actor. He really does. Sure. Uh, and he's he's you know, no Val Kilmer. Well, but who is? I mean, come on. Only Val <laughs> Kilmer can be Val Kilmer. Thank God. Uh, but, uh, you know, he comes in and he does a fantastic job. Well, there's only three episodes left in the season, so he might be around for the the duration oh i have i fully expect him and teddy to die together yeah he's they had to have someone who was super motivated and super clearly motivated to get rid of teddy right right and so why not have the police officer who put it who framed him to put him in jail because he was doing bad things what was he, serial killer? He was a serial killer, and mm-hmm. everybody knew he was a serial killer, but nobody could prove it. 
And so John Dory the senior or John Dory the fifth uh, did a did a did a did a did a thing did a did a a, a, a thing. What's it called? He framed him. Yes. He 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 created evidence so he could put away even though because he knew the guy was the killer, but they couldn't officially prove it. So so that would have been that. But the problem was he got out of jail after it all went tits up because uh, John Dory went to find that out. So he knows that well, too. So he knows Teddy's out there. There's, there's, that's not the only problem. The other, the other problem is that his own feelings of betraying what he was supposed to believe in, doing the right thing for the doing the wrong thing for the right reason, which is a recurring theme in this episode. Um destroyed his sense of, of self-worth and made him leave his wife and child behind. Yeah, a chain of events that led to, yeah, the abandonment of his children or his child and the destruction of his life, essentially. Well, he's going to set things right. Which is why I go, think they're going to die together. It's just going to be... hell or high water. They're going to drive that pickup truck to their doom. Their doom! <laughs> Which is, you know, know, quite frankly, I think I think it's good that they are reinforcing this plot line and that we're getting on with it. Yeah, I really like that. Now we're getting more. We've been we've been fed slowly over the course of these last few episodes, little nuggets and little hints about who everybody is, because we knew about the serial killer in the first of the six. And then we find out. You know, we get the little embalming thing in that in that episode, and then we get now we have the full payoff of you know, yes, that it all is coming together. <laughs> they should name the final episode "QAnon Isn't Real" because a lot of his followers are going to feel the same way that those guys will when they figure it out. Oh no, there won't be any of his followers left because no. I'm pretty sure that a certain daughter is going to burn the place to the <laughs> ground. Yeah. Because she is her mother's daughter. Right. Um, and as we discussed in that episode, like, you know, Alicia is not going to get taken in by this cult. Like, she's just not. Like, if they try... I don't even know... I don't even know that the Walking Dead or the Fear of the Walking Dead writers are that dense to think that they could pull off Alicia falling for this cult. I don't. <laughs> like, I, you know, because somebody might have said, oh, and we can make Alicia, like, kind of fall for it. And then somebody else slapped that person and he got fired. No, they didn't get fired. They slapped them. And so, and the other person said, thank you for hitting me because I lost my mind for a <laughs> second and I required a, a br- blow to the head so that I could actually. <laughs> but so, yeah. So anyway, John Dory, the senior or the fifth, because there have been John Dory, our John Dory is actually John Dory, the sixth. Because uh, they've all been John Dory and they've all had them guns since the Old West was one. And so we get a little of that information. We get the whole thing about him like, I ruined my life. I just couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, I'm glad that they didn't try and justify too hard the abandonment of the family. You know, and I think that it was really interesting that they made his personality 
so the antithesis of who John Dory was. Yeah. You know, because John Dory was soft-spoken and kind and gentle, and this guy is is brusque and uh, and rude. You know, cute. Yeah. And in a way, it kind of was like, you know, giving you the little, like, maybe John Dory might have been a little bit uh, better off without this guy around. Yeah, yeah I, I could I could see that that would be... Maybe not a, just a, a little, not like they didn't, you know, obviously they weren't going to... I was going to say, at the same time, they don't, they don't make him unsympathetic. Right. You don't, you don't really look at this guy and go... Um, right. I'm glad your son didn't know you. You know? Yeah. Um, well, first you do, but then he turns you. And there's the turn, which is always important when you're meeting a character, you know? We formed the opinion that this son of a bitch abandoned his kid. And then later on, it's like, oh, that's because you're flawed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, because they, they let him be damaged. At the same time, they don't make him um, unsympathetic in his damage. Mm-hmm. He's not like, you know, I mean, Virginia was damaged, but you don't care because Virginia Darn. is the worst. And you don't feel bad for her being damaged. You just want her to go away. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Virginia. <laughs> just so we're sure, though, are we sure Virginia's dead? Well, you know, considering the number of people that are supposed to be dead, we keep popping up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't we trust did it. actually see her get shot a lot, okay. right, right in the whole head, and oh, also, oh yeah. Uh, also, there was that whole like gushing of the blood from the temple thing they did. They did do that. They gave her a good death, I think. <laughs> a good old fashioned Walking Dead. I'm not a zombie death. Yeah, for a character that no one knew what to do with. She's she's mean. She's yeah. mean and she she's in charge. Why is she mean and she's in charge? I don't know. <laughs> for reasons we have determined by the... Here's my theory plot. about it. In the beginning, when she was first establishing her retail tribe, or whatever she was trying. I don't know what her plan was. In the <laughs> retail tribe. The tribe um, franchise. <laughs> and, uh, and they were all figuring it out. Okay. I think the good thing for us to do would be for us to like have a week each where each of us are kind of the leader. <laughs> and then it got to be her turn and she was just like, pow, pow, pow. Now I'm full time. And that's how it happened. She betrayed someone with her resting bitch face. So, is that what it was? Yes. It's the greatest weapon in a person's arsenal is your resting bitch face. That's what I've come to discover. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like that, that, you know, we, we got the sense that, that John Dory five really, wanted to protect people that he that he thought he was doing what was right for the people that he was doing the things that he was doing and I'm, i wish that they hadn't felt the need to like 
have him say that. Like, because he lost June in an office and then runs off to catch somebody to interrogate them or whatever. And uh, and then after that, when they all catch up back together, he goes, I sometimes abandon people when I want to protect them like I did when I locked you in the office and also when I abandoned my son. Maybe, you know what? Maybe he had been in therapy for some of that time and he had been working on like accepting, like processing acceptance of this trait or whatever. And then the zombie apocalypse happened. So he didn't really get to like, you know, have that breakthrough in therapy or, or get right. that like, like when Luke was training to be a Jedi, he had to, he had to leave before his training was finished. Right. Same thing here, I think. And so that's why he didn't go try and seek out. Like he was on his way. Once he had enough therapy under his belt and could effectively speak to John, he was going to go find him again. But, you know. And then he was going to wander the earth like Kung Fu. Oh, wait, that was his brother. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Brother in lingerie. I, I'm so glad that I'm not into anything weird like that. So that I know that, like, I'm, they're never going to find my body, you know, dressed up like a chicken. Uh, you know. Okay. That was How do you think they'll find your body? Dustin, where is the chicken suit? <laughs> where, where are you keeping it, Dustin? I'll, I'll never go. It's <laughs> under the bed, isn't it? <laughs> a significant chunk of the episode is just people talking to each other, uh-huh. which is not bad. I mean, there's... There's a limited amount of action in here, but there's character development. And of course you've got someone. Um, they weren't there. They knew they had that, that that's what they had to do. Right. They knew that this was going to be the show. We have to have all of these scenes about dialogue, but we do get one awesome zombie death thing <laughs> that we've, we've always do one. We've never seen before. <laughs> so let's put a zombie underneath a Winnebago and just <laughs> turn on the juicer. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, love- there somewhere there is a uh, auto mechanic in this post-apocalyptic world who has a thriving business for people who bring in. It's like, yeah, I got a good, got a dead guy in my wheel. Well, yeah. <laughs> Put it up on put it up on the on the lift. Yeah, that they get in there. I don't know how them guys get in there. You'd <laughs> think that they would stay away from wheels. But it seems like every other week there's somebody coming in here with a zombie in their wheel wheel. <laughs> and it always seems to be a lady zombie. Like I don't know what it is. <laughs> is it that the lady zombies just don't look both ways before they cross the street? I'm real surprised this keeps happening, especially considering how little gas. Did you hear that the refinery exploded? <laughs> I did hear that. I heard that uh, the other day when I was uh, scraping a walker off of the bottom of a Winnebago. A Winnebago. You know, you know, I've I've seen that those are real rare because they take a lot of gas. And like I just said, the refinery exploded. You know, I was thinking that when I was in the Winnebago and I saw and I saw it wasn't just sitting there, it'd been used, you know. I saw that and then I looked around and I was like, This thing gets like four miles a gallon. <laughs> Who the fuck do they think they I got angry. 
They're a little yeah. angry about it. You know, my my aunt, she had one that was real nice. It it popped out on the sides and became almost an eight hundred square foot house. I'll be dipped. Yeah, she went from Kiwanis Camp to Kiwanis Camp, and she just had lived up her life. She was eaten by zombies. Of course, uh, I, uh, but but before that, she had it was a great time. And so will we all be? Praise Teddy. <laughs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fun. I like doing stuff. <laughs> it was fun. We should do a segment every week where, <laughs> where, where we all invent a scene about a couple of bystanders in this fucking world. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nice. I like that. I went all, to a town a couple weeks ago. This bitch had put people in the ice cream store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, just the uh, general level of, of folks who are, uh, you know, just trying to make it in the world. We never see their stories. It's all those, you know. Well, uh, some folks are participating in it, and I'm glad we have the TV show that documents their experiences, but other folks are just watching. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hey Bob, did you see those crazy people drive by in that RV? Yeah, <laughs> where the hell are they getting that gas? Yeah, four miles a gallon on them things. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! For this show, when it's done well, this is really good. I, I would really enjoy this episode. Yeah. I enjoyed. The oh, fact and they that- did kill a villain, right? Uh, villain esque. So the, this, there's a ranger who has basically taken over John Dory's cabin and he's got one of John's guns and June and John's dad are off to the cabin because he might have information about Teddy's group. And like you said, Dustin, he locks June in a closet and heads off to the cabin and the guy doesn't have a whole lot of information. And he's basically there to give John Dory Sr. a chest wound. Right. So that June can use the medical supplies that she had gathered to save John Dory to save a John Dory. Right. And it's part of this whole save the people around you when you can and save yourself. Don't do, don't destroy everything that you love by trying to run away, which, you know, to some degree, June did it. John Dory senior did it. Our B plot people did it. And John Dory did it. Mm -hmm. Next episode. We'll find out this John Dory is a terrible drunk. Just a rip-roaring, cantankerous old boozer. I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. They'll but be like, is- oh, man, where'd all the aftershave go? John Dory's <laughs> like, hi. <laughs> no, he's too driven. He's got he's to make it to the end so that he can die with Teddy. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that's going to be the, the bookend where these you get these two actors who both uh, are just going to chew the holy hell out of the scenery. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Did you guys notice that old 
old Teddy and the picture of young Teddy, he didn't change his hair at all. Why would he? When you got like, that kind of hair, just let it go, man. He looks like fucking Rick from Rick and Morty, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so June takes John Dory Sr. after he's, you know, talked about the truck yeah. and had well, a nice, the, another yeah. nice little moment. And we had John Dory's, uh, the younger John Dory's f- proper funeral. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again... The MacGuffin is revealed, and uh, it's a goddamn lovely scene. Well, and and so much of this is, I mean, it, it. We've all acted. We know how hard it is sometimes to have someone else be having essentially a monologue, but you're the focus of the shot, and basically selling that you are being both hurt and comforted by the words you're hearing. And Carradine pulls it off. You know what his secret was? Cause I was watching him. He didn't do anything. Yeah. He, he kept an absolutely neutral face and position so that we would transfer our own emotions onto him. And he, he moved just his a reflection up of it. and down and that's about the only movements he actually made. Yep. God, it's such a good technique. And you, you, you see these stoic actors like him use it to perfection. It's great. Yeah. And then as a bookend, they go back to the settlement. And you have this not only did June get a chance to say to goodbye to John, but also to meet and bring her father, his father in. She's able to bring this man to... Morgan, uh-huh. not only as this is John's father, it's another piece of our friend. Another part of him is, is, is still here. Um, but also he's got information about Teddy. So there's this reconnecting there, but also Morgan reaching out to her and saying, I'm sorry, I was hurting. Can you still, would you still help? So I really right. like this episode. I really did. I, I thought it was fine. I'm not mad at it. Sometimes you strip away enough bells and whistles and you can get down to some good things. Well, like I said, it's a Western. It's it's a story yep. of hunting down the person who, you know, it's John Dory Sr. is on a quest to, to catch the guy in the black hat. And June is the the widow of the slain lawman. Come, you know, I mean, it's, it's all very much Western tropes, and it works. I was thinking during the show they should really be playing the the score from Red Dead Redemption Two behind this because it's perfect. <laughs> uh, it's it, it, and this show has been basically becoming a Western for a few seasons now. So the episodes like this where it's really clear and it works really well. Oh, man, I can't wait till we get to the dark ages. It's going to be great when all the I mean, in several generations, when all medical knowledge is lost and we're we're just now we pray to beetles and shit like that. It's oh Yeah, this is mm, I'm down for this to take way longer than it's supposed to. And 20 (laughs) years from now, we'll still be sitting here going, can you believe (laughs) That guy's not fucking Merlin. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. 
Uh, <laughs> right. So, yeah, good episode. Good, solid episode. And the next episode is Mother, and it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. The cake is a lie. They're just, they're, they're teasing us. It's deliberate, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be annoyed with them, but that's all right. We'll see what we do. I, I know. I mean, if they pull Madison out of the hat, then it'll bring the house down. Literally, because she'll set the place on fire and destroy yep, it. You want burning shit down? Hey, have you ever set a completely steel uh, submarine on fire? And she's like, "Hold my beer." <laughs> <laughs> I can't set. There's nothing I can't set on fire. <laughs> and then the nuclear bomb goes off because, well, that's not how it works. It's a TV show, and therefore, TV rules apply. And the show suddenly comes to an end. This is the last season. There you go. <laughs> uh, we, real, I'm, I'm unclear on that. Is it really the last season? No. Okay. I didn't no, know. But they, well, they, they, I say that, and yet the <laughs> cast and crew of The Walking Dead was really surprised to find out that they had one more season left because nobody told them until it was announced. So, yeah. But no, I mean, Fear the Walking Dead is doing pretty well in terms of critical acclaim right now and, and ratings are not terrible for it. So it's because all the guys who just are unemployed now, they're not having to write a new season. They've come over, give their input. They're doing good work. Uh, All right. We will see what happens on the (sighs) deceptively titled mother. It's just going to be so painful that they're not going to do what we want them to do. But anyway, We'll see what happens. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear what you thought. If you didn't, we'd love to hear what you thought. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on podcast.com, iTunes, and all kinds of other platforms. You can leave us a comment and a rating. Ratings, again, I know everybody says it on every podcast since the dawn of time, but it's true. Ratings and reviews to help other people hear the show. And that would be great if you'd like to do that. And share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Um, We work both as uh, a fun thing to listen to and as torture for others. So we're flexible that way. We'll do this again and see what happens. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, folks, for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Winnebago. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.